Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Sunday we talked, we contrasted between religion and Christianity, right? And I imagine that as we go into the rest of the month, a number of people will have questions, a number of people will have observations, a lot of people will have um, things they want to ask, things they want to talk about. Um, and when is this at the time that we now dive into those, um, what I'll call strongholds, or some of the things that have held us back from what we need to become? And I just want to charge us a bit this evening and then take questions or uh, contributions, as it were. Okay, but before the charge, I want us to open to the book of Revelation, chapter 4. Um, Revelation, chapter 4. We'll read verse 10 and 11, and then we'll go to Revelation, chapter 5. We'll read it, and then I'll give the charge, then we'll have questions. Uh, we'll have the conversation after. And uh, there, are some, there are a few things I want us to take note of here. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 10. It says, The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever. Uh, just to put it in context, the person that is sitting on the throne here is Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Okay. And cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power, for thou art created all things, and for all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Sorry, as I was reading it, the song was entering my head, so it caused a bit of you know, interference. Okay, now let's read um, Revelation chapter 5. And verse 9. Let's start from verse 9. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Uh, in context, there was a particular book that nobody in heaven and earth could open because it was closed and then it had seals which is interesting. Sometimes the Bible can be like that. And um, the revelator here, um, the person that was receiving revelation here, uh, John was crying. And then one of the elders said, don't, it's okay, don't cry. Uh, the lion of the tribe of Judah had prevailed you know, to open the book to, and open the seals thereof, right? And so when the book was now opened, then they now started singing, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Um, we are not staying into the context of the book uh, this time. For thou was slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Okay, so this is one of the part of the emphasis. It says, You have redeemed us out of every kindred, out of every tongue, out of every people, and out of every nation. And thou hast made us unto our God, 
kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth right okay and i beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne the beast and the elders and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice what is the lamb that was slain to receive power riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing all right so i read all this because i wanted to point out a few things or just one thing really that um as we continue our this is a continuation of sunday's um someone and on sunday we talked about prayer and how we can be religious in prayer now i want to talk about how we can be religious in worship and there's only one thing i want to mention so one of the things that religion does is that religion believes that you have to be small to be able to worship god properly as a matter of fact it's in Christianity that sometimes you need to mention it to people. In other religions of the world, you are already very small, right? You are already very small because the God you are talking about is maybe Thor who can bring down thunder and lightning and all of that. And as a man, you are not supposed to be able to do that kind of thing. So um, you are already very small, very distant from the God you are serving. And sometimes... Part of that is borrowed into Christianity where you hear songs or sermons that insist that uh, you have to reduce yourself or you have to see yourself as very small or very insignificant. And it is until you are in that state that you are able to worship God properly. So you hear things like uh, broken spirit and contrite heart. And Many times, what that is talking about is not about your size. It is just a statement of contrition. It is not about size. So, um, and sometimes people try to do it outwardly, right? And sometimes, even though the outward way of doing it is, it has good intentions, sometimes the motive is wrong. Right, so where when somebody comes and he says that guy that is sweeping the floor is is a governor or is the MD of a bank, and then that now makes you feel, you know, that ah me that I'm not you know, still looking for work or something, and you know, and the pastor can say things like ah, if governor is bowing down, you are feeling too big to bow, and it's not like those statements are wrong in themselves. Is that sometimes the image that it produces in our heart or in our mind makes us less of who we are now in the first um in the first passage i read i read from revelations 4 verse 10 and you notice that um the elders the bible says that they cast their crowns right and because of this need to be small okay before i go to that scripture before because of this need to, to be small there's a tendency that we go into our daily lives as Christians without so much ambition because the idea is that uh, you shouldn't get to a point where you are too big to serve God or too big to worship God and that is always put out. So and people lead others in prayers like the 
place I will get to in life or the thing I will do in life that will now not make me to praise God, may I never get it. Now, uh, yes, yes, it's a religious prayer. Because the idea of God is that he, he wants worship from a particular kind of people, from a particular kind of being. That's the word I should use. He wants worship from a particular kind of being. There is a there is a there is the honor that comes when somebody big is honoring you. Do you understand? There is a honor when uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to um kind of um, I, I, this is not to demean anybody but let's use uh, occupation to explain what I'm trying to say so there's a difference if you go to a, an organization and the gate man you know honors you it's different when the MD of the organization honors you you feel different when the MD honors you or you go to a place and then one corporal honors you and then or the IG of police or a general in the army honors you. So there are beings in heaven, there are beings that exist. There is a kind of honor that God was looking for when he created man to worship him. It was a worship that other gods can give. Do you understand? He's a, that's why we call him King of Kings. So it takes kings to give him the kind of worship that is befitting for the King of Kings. So what, what religion tries to do is to strip you of your crown so that you can come small to the king. What the King of Kings wants is that kings come and then of their own accord, they now lay down their crowns and worship. Do you understand the difference between the two? The difference between the two is that you are a king. And what that means is that when you are bowing to God, it's not just you that is bowing. It is your entire domain that is bowing. I heard the story of, um, a number of years ago. Two schools went for a competition. And then the senior prefect of one school and the senior prefect of the other school just went to, on stage, went to shake hands. One of the senior prefects bowed to the other one, while the other one did not bow. When he got back to the school, the senior prefect that bowed was suspended for three weeks because the principal said that that thing you did suggested that our school is inferior to the other school. Yes. Yeah, <clears throat> let's not take it to UN summits. And you know, we have presidents that used to shamelessly beg for money all over the world. And but that story for another day. But the idea is that God wants you to be a king and have a domain. And many times, true worship is bringing that your domain under the lordship of Christ. So, the Bible says that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ because 
God is actually king of kings and is kinging over kings that have their own domain. That's the king, that's the idea of kingdom. So, what God really, what king of kings mean in worship is that there is a king who is kinging over other kings. So, the idea is that you are supposed to be a king of something and have a domain, and I'll bring it home very quickly. So the idea is that you're supposed to be maybe king of medicine, for example, king of fashion, king of entertainment, king of media, and then you bring that your domain under the lordship of Christ. First of all, when you're able to influence people in that your domain to think and shape their minds after the order of the gospel, that is worship in itself. So it's beyond songs. Is having an organization that says that in this place we will love people, right? And the gospel of Jesus and the love of God will be our vision, code of conduct, our you know, all those organizational stuff is wired after the gospel. It doesn't that does not necessarily mean that you put Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in your core values, but I'm saying that your core values will reflect the gospel, to reflect excellence, to reflect competence, it will reflect leadership, innovation, it will reflect having valuing human life above products. And as soon as you are able to do that, you are bringing that space under the lordship of Christ. So when you come as a person and you bow before God, you are bringing that your domain and that kingdom you are kinging over under the lordship of Christ. And then Jesus truly in existence bears king of kings. Do you understand? So many times religion tends to try to reduce you and say that it is when you are small that when you, that you worship God, that when you become big, you forget and you don't worship God. And it's not true, you know, because... Yes, there are terrible examples like Nebuchadnezzar and all those Vashti and funny, funny examples. Okay. However, there are good examples like David and Jesus being the zenith of our example who, in spite of all the glory that he had, still worships God. And then God is glorified, right? When people see the kingship in him, in the same way, God does not receive glory from our smallness. God is glorified when we are truly kings. Because that is when that title, King of Kings, has meaning. That's why in that title, Lord of Lords, have meaning. And sometimes, some of the things that are stopping us from becoming, taking, sitting on the throne, uh, becoming the lords of what we should be lording over, are some of the things that have been communicated to us that make us feel the need to request permission for greatness. God is only glorified in greatness. You know, Paul said that they glorified God in me because of the great things that he was doing. The Bible says, and God wrought special miracles through the hands of Paul. And that was, those were the major reasons why the Bible says that God was glorified in him. God is not glorified in smallness. So, for God to truly be king of kings means that we have to be kings. For God to truly be lord of lords means that we too have to be lords. And then that understanding 
is what powers our worship. It's what makes our worship a full expression. I was having a conversation with somebody one day, and I I was explaining that, you know, all through the Bible, you would see that God reacts, you know, God hates idolatry in all its shades and form. Because if we are truly God's image, bowing to an idol really means that form of God, an expression of God, is bowing to an idol. That's what it means. That's why you see the kind of reactions that you see in the Bible concerning the sin of idolatry. Because there is a kind of worship that only kings can give. And it is only God that deserves that. And then many times, well, sometimes in religion, you see things like we are nothing but dust and stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, even in Genesis, it's clear that we are more, way more than dust. Dust came later after God has formed man. There was still the breath of God. There were so many things. If we were only dust, then it's only dust that would be required to redeem us. You understand? Uh, the fact that it took the life of God to redeem us means that we were not just dust. That's the idea. So, in fact, dust could not cover our sins, right? Dust could not even cover nakedness. So I'm just trying to disabuse some mindsets that tries to reduce us, to say that we have to reduce ourselves, we have to reduce, we have to be small. No, he's, he's, he's king of kings and lord of lords. So what I'm trying to communicate to you today is that you need to take away every inhibition, anything that religion may have suggested that is making you live in, in a shell or live in a place that is smaller than what you should be, anything that is limiting you. And there are so many things that suggest that all over scriptures, you know, you hear things like contentment, if I have clothes on my back and things like that is replete and people can harp on that and it makes you think small and it makes you think small the mandate of god is we are light of the world and salt of the earth as a matter of fact the reason why it's called the gospel of the kingdom is because it is kings that can do it it's kings that can do the gospel of the kingdom it's kings that can do it because uh, the idea is that in the last days the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be exalted above all the mountains of the earth and nations will flow into it. So the idea is that there must be kings representing the kingdom in every affair of life, in all the mountains of influence and everywhere. So God wants king of industries, king of fashion, king of media, king of tech, and all of that to come and then give him worship. And that is how he receives all the glory. Do you understand? So there is no glory left anywhere. That's why I read those scriptures. He receives all the honor. So everything that is worthy of glory 
everything that is worthy of honor, everything that is worthy of adoration has been under, has now been made to be under the influence of a king that submits to God. And that is why as church, as the body of Christ, there's no industry we should um, shy away from. Yes. For a long time in the northern part of Nigeria, Christians were discouraged from participating in politics and elections. And we see how over the years that has become, that has put Christians, especially in the northern region, at a disadvantage. Of course, all of that is being remedied now. But in the same vein, have the uh, I don't want to say the word permission, but have the desire, have the ambition that my and know that my God is not glorified till I'm indeed King and Lord. Mm. Because if if we come and sing and we are singing, we sang one song. We lay our crowns and worship. Yeah, it won't be okay for you not to have a crown and sing it. Yes, you need to actually have a crown too. <laughs> You know that um, even men have come to know that um, true loyalty is not known when until somebody is in a place where he doesn't really, really, in quote, need to be loyal to you. you know? Some people are not, some people don't have patience, but they are just, they are suffering long because they can't do anything about their situation. Okay, let me use another example that I like. Um, uh, a lady, her name is Jumoke, I didn't know, she was explaining submission one time, and she said that um, she was explaining submission in, in a home, and she said that if a woman, a woman says I want to travel to London, and her husband says no, don't go now, let's go next month, and then she doesn't go, if the reason why she didn't go is because she doesn't have the money to pay for tickets and travel herself. Uh, that's not submission. That's just suffering long you know, because you don't have the capacity, right? But if you have the money to go yourself, you can go yourself. You can buy your ticket and, you know, have the time of, you know, and enjoy yourself. And then because your husband says, wait till next month, and then you decide to wait. That's true submission. So that is why true worship comes only from God's. True worship comes only from kings. And it is God that designed it like that. God designed us, made us so powerful, gave us a will that we can choose against him. And then he hopes and expects that we choose him. And that is why God inhabits the praises of his people. Oh, see God's worshiping me. So I just wanted to remove that in as we go along in our series. And as towards the end of this session, I would want you to think about the things that are stopping you from greatness. Or perhaps you've not even attempted them before, right? Your mind needs to be open because God cannot really work with a small mind. And until we have, until we achieve and reach this level of greatness. There are some things that God just can't do through us. It's unfortunate, but it's true. So famine was going to happen upon the earth, right? And God had to trouble the king of Egypt with the dream. Why? Why? Why didn't God show it to a butler 
Why didn't God show it to, <laughs> to anybody? Because those people, there's not much they can do about it. So sometimes the level of burden you have is how much you have opened your heart. You know, there are 10 million children out of school in Nigeria, for example. If all you're thinking is house rent, house rent, house rent, those figures will not mean anything to you. And even if salvation needs to come, and salvation must come from the church, it will not find many vessels to do those things through. And you need to open your heart enough for God to start to put those kind of dreams, put those kind of pictures in front of you. Things that will speak to nations. Things that will speak to, you know, that will make his, his word really come through in our lives. When we say of a truth, you are the light of the world and salt of the earth. So we must expand our minds beyond any limitation. And the reason why we are fighting these limitations is that some of the strongest ones come from religion. Some of the strongest ones come from religion. Some of the strongest ones come from religion. Christianity is not about having small people worshipping a big God. Christianity is about having kings worshipping their king. Lords worshipping their Lord. Gods worshipping their God. That's Christianity. In other religions, you have small people worshipping a deity. Um, Christianity is not like that. It is not like that. When John got to heaven, he saw a glorious being and wanted to worship the being. The being said, no, 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 no. Don't worship me. I'm like one of your brothers. I'm like a brethren unto you. You know. So it's not about making us small. That's not the idea. Because there are big things that God wants to do to us. God-sized dreams that only God-sized minds can do. And that is why the Bible says, let this mind be in you. The same that was in Jesus. So the mind of Jesus was, if I'm lifted up, I will draw all men. And there was a time they came to meet Jesus. They said, all men seek for you. So a time must come when all men should be looking for the God in you. And that is how we can glorify God. So that's the charge I want to give us this evening. So before we round off, I want to take questions from either Sunday's teaching to this charge or anything at all you want to talk about in our series of losing religion or Christianity versus religion. Yes, for me as a question, please give my mic. Okay, for me and favor, we can take like three. So, hi everyone. Hi, I watched online on Sunday, so I kind of got like, I was in and out, but I caught some things about like the religion versus Christianity. And I think that a lot of times, like I've been programmed to see Christianity as religion. And I've kind of drifted away from that and drifted into the more mystic side. Like now, the word morning devotion makes me cringe. I prefer the term meditation, you know, and things like that. And I feel like now, whenever anything sounds too Christian, it's almost, ah, yeah, like too much. Like I literally have friends that I'm no longer close to because they are just so conservative, yeah, so conservative and religious. And like, I can't hang out with them for too long because it starts to irritate me. So 
how do I now marry those like traditional like religious concepts? Because like you don't want to throw, like throw the baby out with the bathwater, but like those concepts make me uncomfortable at the very least. Ah, uh, okay. Um, well, there's something that I personally always recommend. I call it word recovery. Right, yeah, so some words have been, we talked about some words like that on Sunday. Some words have been used over and over and over and over and over again, and we don't even know what it means again. Or one wrong thing has been added to the word. Let me give you an example. Um, what does waiting on the Lord mean to you? Ah, okay, you went to nice place. Waiting on the Lord in many places just means fasting. Waiting on the Lord means fasting. Is a, yes, in many places, waiting on the Lord means fasting. Uh, so, so, it's supposed to be part of it, not the whole meaning. You know, some, in some places they say I'm on the mountain and that... That means fasting, right? So sometimes it's just word recovery. Let me give you one of the word recoveries that I did, and this one is English. If they say godliness, what comes to your mind? Being holy. Being holy uh, but if you look at that word, there's something they call etymology and all of that. If you look at that, godliness means being like God. So, if I say you are behaving like God, is the first thing that comes to your mind, is it holiness? That's word recovery. So, next time somebody says godliness around me and is thinking holiness, in my mind is wrong and I'm okay with it. Why? I, I don't go around correcting people, no, not necessarily, but in my mind I've recovered that word for me. And in communicating to my family and people around me, I communicate, the Bible says that we should come, the whole counsel of God. So godliness to me does not mean holiness. It means being like God. So God is holy, yes, it's just a strand. God is wise too. God is powerful too. God is loving too. All of that, all that God is, is godliness to me. So I do word recovery. Word recovery. There are some words that they've taken away from us and given it over to religion, like shrine. Mm, but originally they say our body is the shrine of God. Uh, now because shrine is now let's leave it for them and then <laughs> let's use temple. After a while they will take temple. What Ari Krishna will take temple. We'll now say let's stay with Tabanaku. Tabanaku is safe. No, recover every word. So morning devotion usually means that time they wake everybody and say, good morning, Jesus. No, recover it, recover it. And if it's too much, you can leave it and use something else, right? But do word recovery, do word recovery. All over, you know, all those words that have been abused, recover them. All right, uh, favor. Okay, okay, somebody has something to hand, yeah. So the second part where she mentioned cringing around her friends, right? One of the things I've come to learn about Christianity is that we are, rest, we are restored to restore others. So it's not just for you to leave them in their ignorance sometimes. You can still find a system, work on your heart. You can. You can. You, you can. But it won't happen immediately. 
right? It won't happen immediately. There's a state of heart that the person is going to be in, that when the light of the true gospel hits them, they will learn. Yes, so it's not just to leave them and say, oh, it's... many of them also need rescuing, right? This um, Bible verse at 2 Corinthians 5, 18, 19, says God has reconciled us. So in that aspect, you, you've been reconciled. But God didn't end there. He said he has also given you the ministry of, of reconciliation. So you also have to help to reconcile them. It's a family business. So if they go on with that mindset, them, many of them, if they go on like that, they're still not contributing their quota to this family business that we are all in. So yes, as we are growing, but we should also learn that as the body of Christ was supposed to grow together. So once I know what I know, I share it with the next person. And then if it's too heavy for the person at that point in time, I don't force it on them. I go back, Holy Spirit, I have done my own work. Even this gospel that we have, this salvation that we have, if you read, I think Romans 10, it says that it's, it's, um, it moves when you speak. If you don't tell someone about Jesus, how would they know? Right? So sometimes we just assume that these people also know. Even us, we're also in ignorance at a particular point until we've got to know what we know. So we don't leave them like that. Yes, it might still be doing you somehow, but there's that part of the fruit of the Spirit that also requires that you walk in love. Walking in love also requires you helping them come into that level of understanding that you have. But it's going to take a lot of work. But you're not alone. The Holy Spirit is there. Yeah. Good one. And sometimes you just need to sow the seed. Uh, it's okay for somebody to take two years, three years before they come to realize what you told them. But the word is there. is a seed. It should, it should find expression. Okay. 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 Favor is now with the mic. Hello. After favor, then you. Sorry. The comment is that we're saying Christianese is bad. It's not always bad. You know? Christianese is not always bad. No, no, no. Where she's coming from, she's like, no, they're doing Christianese and like they need to come to a high level of understanding. And That's not what I said. That way you guys know what. That's not what I said. Are you projecting? <laughs> I'm actually not. Yes, no, but I was giving her a word. I was giving her a word for what she was saying. Sorry, sorry. Do you mean that? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Now, if you don't. <laughs> No, so so Christianese, like she said, Christianese is not bad. It's just some of it are some of it are are just wrong. Um, there's one that uh, Pastor Martin mentioned a lot that when people say I'm strong, I'm rich, all those things. He, faith does not deny the mountain. Faith tells the mountain to go. If you tell this mountain go, faith does not say there's no mountain. There's a mountain, but. <laughs> Tell it to go. That's that's how it was. So they used to do. I'm not your enemy is mad. Those are the ones that that's the evil Christianism. But Christianism where they just say prayer and we say worship, even morning devotion. Those are correct. Some some of them you just need to recover those words. Yeah. Okay. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Final. Final. Time to talk. I'm going to miss you guys. Finally, yeah, we'll miss you too. Okay, so two things that come to my mind when I hear losing religion is hearing from God 
and desire. Those are like the two major, major issues for me. So I'll leave hearing for God because somebody said, if you don't hear from God in a day, you guys can complete it for me on Twitter. So, yeah, so. Was it six months or was it one day? I don't know, Sha. So, desire. Um, religion teaches us, like Pastor Toby said. Sorry, guys. One else, please. So, religion teaches us, like Pastor Toby said, that we have to be small, right, for us to serve a big God. But Christianity is opposite. Big people serve a big God and everything like that. The part that still confuses me is... Um, what do they call it? They have, they have a name in theology, but where religion teaches us that we are lowly, so not just you being big, but your mind, your thinking, your thoughts is unholy, is sinful. It's the sinful nature, exactly. Every man has a sinful nature, and therefore, every desire that comes to your mind or everything that you want is going to be sinful, yes? And then sometimes I'm wondering, I think that that's like a major issue when people, bec- like when you become Christian, you, when you have a desire, something that is not clearly stated out in the Bible, not don't steal, don't eat. When you want to do things, right, and you, you literally have to spend days or months trying to figure out if this desire is from God or is from you because of what religion teaches you that instinctively you have a sinful nature and that everything that comes out from there is in a way not good. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.